What's up, everybody? This is Gratitude Unfiltered, and I'm your host, Joshua T. Berglund. We are live right now on the Live Mono Worldwide Network, and it is so good to be back. It's been a couple weeks, but uh, so happy to be here. Golly, man, it's been, I mean, two weeks without broadcasting other than the Saturday night show. Uh, I've missed you guys so much. What's up, Sean? Good to see you all the way in London, England. I love you too, Jessica. Good to see you guys. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a wild few weeks. Um, and I'm first of all, I want to say I'm really grateful uh, for Marty and Laura for uh, hosting Gratitude Unfiltered two weeks ago, all week long, and then David and Angelique uh, broadcasting for me uh, all last week. Got, both were fantastic. Both were completely different expressions of their version of Gratitude Unfiltered, uh, but really, really blessed and grateful for them. Uh, we may have another guest host this week. I'm not really sure. Um, it's been a, uh, well, just to be honest, we, uh, you know, as we talked about before, been writing a movie and uh, it has been way more labor intensive than I thought. I thought it was going to take me a week. Then I thought it was going to take two weeks. And then I realized, oh, wait, it's going to take longer. But that's a good thing. There's no delays. Everything is moving very, very smoothly. But the characters that we're writing about, um, again, from all over the world, even though the project's called Meeting Jesus in L.A., and it is an L.A.-centric film, um, the characters are born from literally all over the world. And these stories are so inspiring. And it's, it's just it's a real eye-opening thing to to one, understand that we all go through, like life happens to all of us. I mean, like I think it, it's for a long time, and it's really, really easy when we're dealing with our own crap and you know we're going through our struggles and trying to heal from our traumas or we're running from our pain. It's amazing to, uh, you know, we are not, we, it's not amazing. We get caught up in our own stuff. And, and of course, cause it's our life and it's so easy to just to take in like this pain and, and the hurt that we, we have on our own. And we do our best just to try to get through, you know, just trying to make it through the next hour, maybe the day. And, you know, and then we go through our journey and we start healing and we start to grow and that's amazing. And that's a great feeling, but then we're still kind of self-absorbed a little bit. You know, like, geez, I, 
like, it's just like, leave me alone. I'm just trying to get through the day. At least that's what it was like for me. And, and sometimes it's like that even now, after five years walking with the Lord um, and growing and, and stretching and trying to grow more. And then every time I think I'm almost there and I'm all the way healed, here we go again. I realize, hey, I got another area of my life. I get to heal. Um, that's why we're going to talk about the thorn tonight again. Um, but now, you know, and of course, having gratitude unfiltered for the last couple of years, we in interviewing all of these different people and hearing all of these different stories, it, it kind of wakes you up to realize, yeah, we all go through a lot of crap. But then there's and, and here's the thing with that. There are very few people are willing to go there, like to to let it all out, to fully expose themselves to the world. Like this is my hell. This is what my hell look like. And I'm writing these stories and learning and interviewing these different people to to create this project, uh, Jessica and I. And my eyes have been open to a world that I, I honestly have never understood. Um, and I don't want to give anything away. And I'm not going to give anything away of any of the, the characters because I don't want to run it. But it's been a real sobering experience. And, you know, I've always been somebody that, you know, I've had a global view. Like, it's really hard. I was born in Oklahoma City. And, of course, I've lived around. I lived in L.A. and lived in South Florida. I lived in Taos, New Mexico. Well, I lived there. I was in rehab for three months. <laughs> and a lot of good that did. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it, I've always tried to have a global view, even though I've only traveled to a few countries around the world. But I have friends from around the world, and I see what's happening in Pakistan. I see what's happening, um, you know, in, in, like in, in meeting different ministries in South Africa and different things like that. But then to read people's stories, like people from Afghanistan and people from Iran and Iraq, it blow, it's just it's mind blowing what people go through. Women, women especially. Women in Muslim countries, oh crap, I'm gonna be careful what I say. But women and what they deal with in different parts of the world. And like here in America, you know, for the most part, I think we're doing better about, you know, elevating women to the rightful place that they should be. But when you hear and read about what happens in other countries, it, it, it's disturbing. What happens to children in little countries, that's, it's part of a culture. And then it makes me go, everybody right now is complaining about what's happening in America and America is more divided than it's ever been. And we have, like, I, I quit, I absolutely will not watch the news at all because all I have to do is glance on social media for five seconds and I'm seeing something that disturbs me. Yet at the same time, I can't even begin to tell you, like even now in this moment, being in Minneapolis right now with everything that's going on in Minneapolis still, defunding the police and there's murders and like, I mean, the, the murder rate is going through the roof like pretty much everywhere now, especially where they're trying to get rid of the police. And yet we are so blessed to live in America. It's madness. Like, I don't know what it's like in, uh, in, in England. I don't know what it's like anywhere around the world. Um, other than here, 
But I can tell you right now, we are very, very blessed to be Americans, those who live in America. And yet at the same time, we are trying to destroy flags and tear down statues of, I don't even know if they know what statues they're tearing down to this point. Like it's just, it's madness to me. Yet at the same time, every time I think that I've got it bad, I learn about someone else and it blows my freaking mind. Like what people have to overcome and like, and how that other people are able to find gratitude, like gratitude unfiltered is about finding gratitude through life's most traumatic moments. Yet, like, I, and, and I thought I knew trauma. I thought I understood it, but not like some of these other people. That's a new bumper. That one's longer than the other ones. Anyway, um, so that said, um, one of the people that I'm writing about and for this movie uh, shared something with me about Paul's thorn. And I, I, I went over it um, on a, two Saturdays ago and it was, it was powerful. And the more, like now that I think about Paul's thorn, and I think about my thorn, and then I think about other people's thorns, it, like it just starts to reappear. And like, as I was reading my Bible this morning and thinking about, okay, what am I gonna talk about? Well, sure enough, the subject fell in my lap again, Paul's thorn. And, and like, and every time I read it, I see something different, but that's kind of a Bible thing, I think. Is that the magic of the Bible? You know, I'm not really sure, but I swear to you, like I can read one verse one day and go back to it the next week and go, yeah, I totally saw that different. So we're going to get into it tonight. Um, I want to talk about this. I don't know what's going to come out of me. I, I, I went over this this morning and then the day happened. And so like I'm always at the mercy of my moods and the Holy Spirit. So I don't know what's going to come out of me. I may lose my mind. I may cry. I may yell um, or I may be monotone. <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> anyway, Heavenly Father, thank you so much uh, for the opportunity to be here. Thank you so much for uh, the audience watching on the podcast, watching on the Live Mono Worldwide Network, watching anywhere that they're watching or listening on the podcast. Just thank you for everyone that's here. And Lord, and I just ask that you bless them with double favor. You bless them with ideas and visions that show them that they have a purpose and show them that even with all the chaos going on and with all the suffering, you are still a great God and you have a purpose for our lives. And although this is happening in the world, in you, we get to play by different rules. We get to play by kingdom rules. We get to focus on something much, much bigger and greater, and that is you, Lord. And in our eyes fixated on you, we're able to see clearly. We're able to see the truth. We're able to see hope. We are able to have a big and bold faith that does not deter us. Our faith is not deterred, even with chaos. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you speak through me. You give me the words to say that the audience here needs to hear that's going to touch their heart and uplift their spirits and give them the bold faith that they need to be able to fight through all the obstacles that life is throwing at each and every one of us today. I love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. 
Amen. All right. So we're trying something new tonight. We're live on Instagram also. And then some of you are probably going, I thought you were done with Facebook. Well, technically I am done with Facebook. Um, we've redesigned the website to look like Netflix. Yes, um, we're making some upgrades and it's very, very exciting. Um, and, but yeah, so I'm, I'm on Facebook right now just for the, the heck of it because there's chat. I may interact, I don't know. Um, but until I get this chat feature figured out for the website, uh, I don't know what I'm gonna do. But anyway, I'm still <laughs> like everything. It's actually interesting. I want to, before I go into all this, ever since I said that we were going to broadcast on our website and through the Live Mono Worldwide Network, I've been so amazed and so appreciative and so grateful for everyone who has followed us over there. And like, I can see the numbers and it's really shocking. Like, I kid you not. There's more people watching on the website than ever, than not than ever did on Facebook because that's not accurate. But I'm watching the growth happen and, and it means so much to me. There's new people finding the show, but some of you have gone over to the Live Model Worldwide Network off of Facebook. And I appreciate that because my Facebook and YouTube and all of them, I don't really, I care about you guys, but Facebook as a company and YouTube you'll fly a freaking kite. I don't want anything to do with them. Um, but I'm grateful for all of you that are going over there watching and also seeing, if you go to Live Mono Worldwide, you'll be able to see, um, which is the website's right there, livemonoworldwide.org, you'll be able to see the new layout of the site. It's not, not done yet, but I'm really excited about it because we have it set up like Netflix and it's, 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 we're improving. It's getting better. It's been a lot of work, but we're getting it done. Um, so anyway, let's get into it right now. God strengthens us. The strength we have on our own as humans is limited. No matter how many self-help ideas we implement or how many positive affirmations we proclaim, our strength will only take us so far. I, <laughs> Like, I love a good affirmation. Like, I really do. And, and I think affirmations are really, really great. When we are under spiritual attack, when we're under a spiritual attack, and you guys know what I'm talking about. Those of you who have had to deal with, I don't know, demonic, uh, like you've been attacked, possessed. <laughs> uh, you have, you've battled addiction. You have limiting beliefs because you've been told that you're not good enough or you're never going to amount to anything or you're always going to be a loser. You're always going to be this or you're going to be that. And they like, and you believe it. Or every time you start to get momentum and you get on your feet and you start trucking along and then something happens and, and you start to doubt yourself. Like it, it's those affirmations come in handy. They do because they're really good at retraining your neural pathways. You know, your heart can change. This is the beauty of Christ is that your heart can change, but your head's still screwed up. And those of you who battle and suffer with mental illness, you know what I'm talking about. Depression, anxiety, fear, borderline personality disorder, DID. I shared a couple weeks ago that I thought that I had beat What's up, Juan? Good to see you, man. Um, I shared a couple weeks ago that like, I thought that I had beat borderline personality disorder. 
Like I've been through deliverance after deliverance after deliverance after deliverance. And mind you, those demons are gone. However, those same demons that gave me that mental illness, and yes, I'm, I'm saying this, borderline personality disorder is a demonic, demonic disease. I know because I have it. And, and it sucks. It sucks. It's, ugh. it's so frustrating because I can be trucking along and it's so, you know, borderline personality disorder and even DID or anyone that knows anything about schizophrenia, I'm telling you, it's, it's one thing to manage your own life. And part of the reason why I thought I was healed and part of the reason why I thought that I was doing so well is because I was in this incubator. I was in a cocoon and isolated. And I'm, I'm, I'm okay by myself. I'm fine. I'm, I'm doing great. I'm like, yeah, I'm healthy. I'm okay to date. It's okay to introduce a woman to my life and like fall in love and all of that stuff and then want to have a family. and like, oh, yeah, I can do all this. And then the wake-up call comes. And it's funny because those, those, the, that thing, and those of you that know about borderline personality disorder know what that thing is. The thing comes on, and sometimes it's just like a little tease, and it's like you can feel its presence like weigh on you. They start to sit on your shoulders a little bit. And thankfully, it hasn't fully like done that full takeover. However, the hell and the havoc that it's wreaked on my mind, and it's sneaky, like it's not going away. The point of that is my thorn, it's so funny when I talk about borderline personality disorder and demon possession, I can watch the audience just go away. It's amazing how uncomfortable it makes. Maybe I should start talking about molestation again and see what that does. It, it just, it, it's, it's, hmm. Like I'm starting to, I fully have started to appreciate that my thorn, like Paul's thorn for me, is this mental uniqueness. But the scary thing is, is that it, 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 it rakes, it wrecks havoc on my life. It, 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 it affects people that love me because if I'm quiet and I shut down, like when I'm quiet, like you can see the light in my eyes, you know, normally, but like when I get quiet, it's like the, the shade comes on and it's like a completely different human being in front of you. It's like disappearing in plain sight. It's the most frustrating thing to experience because there's this gap from being triggered to what brings this thing on where the disassociation kicks in and you start to realize not knowing what's real, not knowing is this what I'm like, the, the not knowing what the reality is. But then when you finally wake up, could be hours later, could be a day later, could be three days later. But when you wake up and you kind of snap out of it, you're left to look at the damage that's been done and you see it on your loved one's faces. 
Like Paul, like Paul, I've begged God to take it away from me. I love you too, man. Thank you. Like Paul, I've begged God to take it away from me, and I thought that it was gone, but it's here. So why am I sharing this? Because I know that we all have a thorn. There's preachers and there's ministers and there's like the most godly people in the world. There's the super spiritual, high vibrating people. Even they have a thorn. In my experience about the thorn is that, which in my case, it's the devil. It's, an, it's evil. My experience with it is that I got to talk about it. I got to put a spotlight on it to expose it so it goes away. But it doesn't mean it's not going to haunt me. And so hopefully in my, my experience with this and being able to talk about it, we can kind of like work on this and grow together and maybe even create a habit of being able to talk about our thorns. Because our weakness gets to be, it's where God gets to show up and show out the most. It's where we get to see just how powerful Christ is because our weakness, our biggest affliction, the, the thing that hurts us the most actually gets to be the thing that glorifies God the most. How do we do that? I think that we do that through our testimony. I think we do that through talking about it. I think we do that by sharing what our thorns are. The strength we have on our own as humans is limited. No matter how many self-help ideas we implement or how many positive affirmations we proclaim, our strength will only take us so far. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is all you need. How hard is that for us to really, really appreciate, respect? How do we believe that? I mean, in my case, my weaknesses... I mean, Gratitude Unfiltered was born out of my weaknesses. It was born out of a meth relapse, a four-day meth binge. That was pretty weak. <laughs> Sex and drugs, greatest weakness. And I get to talk about it. And through talking about it, God has elevated me to heights that I've not seen before. And I, and he gets all the glory because I promise you that none of this is what I signed up for. <laughs> I mean, I'm enjoying it. Don't get me wrong. I'm enjoying what I get to do. I'm enjoying our foundation, the Libmana Worldwide Foundation. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the people we get to help and serve. I'm enjoying providing a platform for people all over the world to broadcast their events, to broadcast their shows, their ministries, multiple languages. Like I'm grateful for that opportunity. I'm grateful to be able to come here and broadcast. It's the coolest thing. It's a dream come true, but it was born out of my weakness. Paul begged God to remove 
his thorn in the flesh, but God told him no. Why? While we see weakness as a barrier, God is using it to uphold us. I've done um, a lot of, I did a couple broadcasts about the paradox of, you know, Christianity of, or following Jesus. And life is a giant paradox. I mean, the meek shall inherit the earth. <laughs> That's about as big as it gets. But yet our weakness, our greatest weakness, gets to be the thing that God uses the most through us. Again, God uses our sin. Think about it. God uses our sin to glorify the kingdom because he died for it. Our, God will use our sin. I mean, if we repent from it and we turn away from it, God will use it. God will, God use my meth relapses. God used them. God used all of my screw ups, my jails, my jail sentences, HIV. He's used all of it. Isn't that kind of wild? So like everything that we think we're so strong and we try to milk and force our way through life and like, ah, I got this, I can do it. Pull my pants, what's it? Pull, pull myself up by the bootstraps. Is that the expression? I think I messed that up. But the point is like everything that we think we can do by ourselves, and we're super strong, it's typically when we wreck crap. Like that's when we just blow things up. We wreck our life, end up in the ditch, when we don't want to do the work, like I can do it my way, I can get sober my way, what happens? I don't need to go to church. I can, I can just read the Bible on my own. And that's enough. How many of us have done that? How many of you have done that? I'm, I'm not going to work the program. I'm going to do my own program. What happens? You're in, or what about you're you're in rehab or you're in a recovery program that's you know a year long, and four months into it you go oh, I got this, I'm good, and you leave. What happens? You end up back in the grave. Yet at the same time, everything that we lay at God's feet, everything that we surrender and go, God, I can't I, I can't do this on my own. I need you. I lay this at your feet, Father. I lay this at your feet. Everything that we lay at his feet, he will use, and it will elevate us in the process. Yet at the same time, we get to understand that it wasn't us that did it. It wasn't us that did it. It was, it was him through us and that to me is amazing when we are in trial where we have our own thorn in the flesh when we are in trial where we have our own thorn in the flesh 
We can derive power by admitting we cannot do it on our own and crying out to God, I surrender, thy will be done. I surrender this, whatever this is for you, I surrender this to you. This also proves that our faith is genuine. Look, it takes a lot of faith to surrender. It takes a ton of faith to go, I let go of this. I got, I got nothing. I got nothing for this. What is it that you want? What is it that you desire in life? What is it? Love? But you, 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 you look at your history of relationships and it's the same repeating cycle over and over and over and over again. Broken relationship after broken relationship, divorce after divorce, abuse after abuse after abuse, relapse after relapse after relapse. Why? Because you're trying to do it your way. But what does it look like when God puts it on your heart to go, hey, <laughs> you're doing this all wrong, man. You need to heal. You need to take the time to heal the wounds of your past before you go take your wounds and give them to someone else. Because that's exactly what you do. When you do not take the time to heal, when you don't take the time to do the work to heal your heart, to heal your traumas, to forgive, to let go of the resentments, when you don't take the time to do that, you carry them over to the next relationship and it's like compound interest. You know, compound interest is really, really good when it's coming to, to banking and your money, but when it comes to trauma, <laughs> <laughs> that compound, it ain't good. It ain't good because you you cannot outrun your problems. Eventually, you have to be willing to stop long enough to face them. And maybe you're the problem and you haven't faced yourself in the mirror yet. But you get to do it. And then you do it. And God starts revealing the parts of you yourself that you get to work on. It ain't always fun. In fact, it sucks. I can't even begin to tell you how much the work sucks, but at the same time, when you experience a breakthrough, it's so amazing. And then the only thing you get to do in that moment, because you know that, it, yeah, you did the work, and it feels good to do the work, especially when you get to see a fruit from your labor. But then you get to praise God because you know you were being obedient. You listened to what he was telling you to do. You followed his instruction, the Holy Spirit's guidance. You followed that. And now you've healed something and you feel a little bit taller. You feel like, hey, I've done this. And then there's, of course, there's another thing you get to face and then another one and another one. But along the way... You, your faith is building, your, your faith is getting bolder and stronger because you now have realized that God's promises are real. It builds your faith. And then you get to a place, and it takes time to get here, but it takes 
it, you, it, it, but what happens is you re, after you get to a certain point, you just know and your faith gets bolder and bolder and bolder and you know that God's promises are real. And with that, surrender becomes a habit. And when you can make surrender a habit, you're starting to get this figured out. Will you still have problems? Yeah, I still have a thorn and it sucks. I don't like having being mentally unique. Sometimes I mean sometimes it's a gift. Sometimes I freaking love it. <laughs> I love the way my brain works when I get to write. I have mad respect for people that write movies and all that cuz I mean I'm doing it for the first time and I'm just like Are you kidding? <laughs> this is the most challenging thing I've ever done. I've done some challenging things in my life. Like digging out of my grave was pretty challenging. Writing this movie is the toughest thing I've ever done, but at the same time, fully surrendered, fully relying on God to get me through it. And it, I'm amazed at what God is doing. I'm amazed that I'm writing this stuff. I can barely speak English. No one really believes that, but really. But it's it just, and, and I know that seems little like writing when I'm talking about mental health and borderline personality disorder <laughs> and DID. Like that's, that, that's tough. But we have other challenges in our life. Like what about the challenge of when God, the Holy Spirit is calling you, yanking at your heart, going, I want you to take this step in faith. I want you to quit your job and go into ministry. I want you to quit looking for a job and just rest. After my four-day, after my four-day meth binge that created gratitude unfiltered, you know what God told me? Other than giving me the name for the show and what he wanted me to do with it. <clears throat> I swear to you, part of the other instructions were quit looking for a job. Just spend time with me. What? Wait, you want me to do what? I want you to quit looking for a job and just spend time with me. Because leading up to that meth relapse, I got this job. It was a $10,000 a month consulting gig. Like $10,000 a month. This is awesome. I hadn't had a job in years. But the job was hell. Because the guy always threatened to not pay me. It put me on this like emotional roller coaster and would again, like with my mental uniqueness, <laughs> in disassociation, it it was complete hell. And it was a massive trigger for me. And that's what, it was the combination of that, fighting with the ex that I went to jail with twice, and like it, that, it was hell. And that's what triggered my math relapse. He goes, quit looking for a job. How am I going to do that? How? Just rest. So right after I get that message, five days in a row, I, I've shared the story before, but five days in a row, Annie Lobert from Hookers for Jesus called me, Lauren Harris the next day, and then three strangers I've never met in my life found me on social media and said, God told me I have a message for you and I needed to get it to you. Three different people, five days in a row. Five people total, five days in a row, but three people I didn't know found me. 
And they all gave me the same exact prophetic message. And it was rest. Spend time with him. And then I learned about Graham Cook. <laughs> and uh, learning about Graham Cook and the Warrior series, um, the Joy, I forgot what that series was called. But I just listened to Graham Cook, read the Bible. That's all I did. Do you know what happened? All of a sudden, money just started like showing up out of the blue. I wasn't working for it. Money was just showing up. That's been over two and a half years. I didn't have a job until we started the nonprofit and God has provided the entire time. I'm not special. I was just obedient. Not perfect, but obedient. And, but that took faith. It took a bold faith. But when you do that, like when God's telling you to do something and you do it, he shows you why he told you to do it. Or he shows you why he told you not to do it. So that proves our faith is genuine. It's a chance for God's unlimited strength to strengthen us so we will be perfect and complete and needing nothing. James 1.4 You forced me to walk this way, and I do it against my better judgment. But now that we're at it, I may as well bring up the matter of visions and revelations that God gave me. For instance, I know a man who 14 years ago was seized by Christ and swept in ecstasy to the heights of heaven. I don't really know if this took place in the body or out of it. Only God knows. I also know that this man was hijacked into paradise. Again, whether in or out of the body, I don't know. God knows. There he heard the unspeakable spoken, but was forbidden to tell what he heard. This is the man I want to talk about, but about myself, I am not saying another word apart from humiliations. If I had a mind to brag a little, I could probably do it without looking ridiculous. And I'd still be speaking plain truth all the way. But I'll spare you. I don't want anyone imagining me as anything other than the fool you'd encounter if you saw me on the street or heard me talk. I love this. I'll, <laughs> because of the extravagance of those revelations, and so I wouldn't get a big head, I was given the gift of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. Satan's angel did the best to get me down. What he in fact did was push me to my knees. No danger then of walking around high and mighty. And first, I didn't think it was a gift. I begged God to remove it. Three times I did that, and he told me, my grace is enough, it's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. This is why I call borderline personality disorder and DID. This is why I call it mental uniqueness, not an illness. I'm not giving it power, but it is a mental uniqueness. It gets to be my gift. 
Gratitude Unfiltered is celebrating life's most traumatic moments because of what God gets to do with it. What is your trauma that you still hold on to out of fear? Out of being afraid to just let it go? Afraid to talk about it? HIV got to be one of the greatest gifts of my life. Being in jail six times, greatest gift of my life. Being homeless, greatest gift. Mentally ill, mentally unique, a gift. I've been married three times, all failed miserably. It's a gift. Because God's used all of it. Broken home, deadbeat dad, abuser, God's used all of it. It's made my career. And I'm not saying this to brag, like, hey, look at all this bad stuff I did. It's not like that. Believe me. It sucks going back to Oklahoma and having to, like, look to make sure that my ex is nowhere near me. Like, if my head's on a swivel every time I go back to Oklahoma because I'm like, if I'm within 500 feet, I got to run. It sucks every time I think about my twins that I gave up for adoption. It sucks. But I also count it as joy because I get to talk about it. I get to share it. I get to share it in a way that, one, it loses its power, but two, it lets other people know that they're not alone. See, your testimony, your story, what you've overcome, your thorn and the flesh. You sharing that, not from a place of being a victim, but you sharing it, you exposing it, you putting a spotlight on it. Think about all the people that relate to you. Maybe, maybe you feel like no one, you relate to no one. Then ask yourself, well, what secrets are you keeping? How much, how much do people really know you? Are you showing up authentic? I promise you, your authentic self, those secrets that you're keeping, there's someone that's just dying inside for you to share their secret so they can get rid of theirs. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. Quit focusing on the handicap and again and, and begin appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. Now I take limitations and stride with good cheer. These limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks. I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. Well, now I've done it. I've made a complete fool of myself by going on like this. But it's not all my fault. You put me up to it. You should have been doing this for me, sticking up for me, commending me instead of making me do it for myself. 
you know from personal experience that even if I'm a nobody, a nothing, I wasn't second rate compared to those big shot apostles you're taken with. All the signs that mark a true apostle were in evidence while I was with you through both good times and bad. Signs of potent, signs of wonder, signs of power. Did you get less of me or God than any other churches? The only thing you got less was less of responsibility for my upkeep. Well, I'm sorry. Forgive me for depriving you. Everything is in the readiness now for this, my third visit to you. But don't worry about it. You won't have to put yourselves out. I'll be no more of a bother to you this time than the other visits. I have no interest in what you have, only in you. Children shouldn't have to look out for their parents. Parents look out for the children. I'd be most happy to empty my pockets, even mortgage my life for your good. So how does it happen that the more I love you, the less I am moved? And why is it that I keep coming across these whiffs of gossip about how my self-support was front behind, which I worked on elaborate scam? Where's the evidence? Did I cheat or trick through anyone I sent? I asked Titus to visit and sent some brothers along. Did they swindle you out of anything? And haven't we always been just above board, just as honest? I hope you don't think that all along we've been making our defense before you, the jury. You're not the jury. God is the jury. God revealed in Christ. And we make our case before him. And we've gone to all the trouble of supporting ourselves that we won't be in the way or get in the way of growing up. I do admit that I have fears that when I come, you'll disappoint me and I'll disappoint you. And in frustration with each other, everything will fall to pieces, quarrels, jealousy, flaring tempers, taking sides, angry words, vicious rumors, swelled heads and general bedlam. I don't look forward to a second humiliation by God among you compounded by hot tears that crowd that keeps sending over and over in the same old ways, who refuse to turn away from the pitsy of evil, sexual disorder, and indecency in which they swallow. I don't know how that last part applies to any of this. Sorry. <laughs> James 1, faith under pressure. All right, and then we're going to wind it up. Consider it as a sheer gift, friends, that when tests and challenges come at you from all sides, you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. Test and challenges. Guys, when you are challenged, when you face a hardship, a struggle, count it as joy. Literally, in Christ, you get to be excited because the promises of God are true. The outcome is guaranteed in Christ. You are victorious. Doesn't mean you won't have hardships. It doesn't mean you won't have struggles. It does not mean that you will not have battle after battle after battle after battle. But Christ is with you. Christ is in you. And you are victorious in Christ, no matter what it may feel like in the moment. But when that trauma hits, that obstacle, you get hit in the face by life. Protesters throw a Molotov cocktail through your window, set your house on fire, and you got to flee. All your clothes are burned up. As crazy as that sounds, what if that was a gift? God works in mysterious ways, and God will use everything. 
And I know that's a drastic example, but I'm pretty confident if that happened to you, <laughs> I'm pretty confident that God is going to use that to something for your advantage. And everything that you are being called to do, even when you don't know how to do it, you are equipped. You have everything you need. Everything. If you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. You'll get his help, and it won't be consent, uh, condescended to when you ask for it. Ask boldly, believingly, without a second thought. People who worry their prayers are like wind-whipped waves. Don't think you're going to get anything from the master that way, adrift at sea, keeping all of your options open. When down and outers get a break, cheer. And when the arrogant rich are brought down to size, cheer. Prosperity is a short-lived as a wildflower, so don't ever count on it. How many of you were basically prosperous? Your business was thriving, booming. You're like you were shopping for Lamborghinis and mansions and everything under the sun. And then COVID hit. Were you expecting it? Were you prepared for what, what, what were you prepared for what's gone down the last four months? The reality of it? No. So you can't count on this stuff. Well, that's a picture of the prosperous life. Wait, let me get, go back. You know that as soon as the sun rises, pouring down on scorching heat, the flower withers. Its petals wilt, and before you know it, the beautiful face is as barren stem. Well, that's a picture of the prosperous life. At the very moment, everyone is looking on in admiration. It fades away to nothing. Anyone who meets a testing challenge head on manages to stick it out as a mighty for manages to stick it out is mighty fortunate for such persons loyally in love with God. The reward is life and more life. Don't let anyone under pressure to give in to evil say God is trying to trip me up. God is impervious to evil and puts evil in no one's way. The temptation to give in to evil comes from us and only us. We have no one to blame but the leering, seducing flare-up of our own lust. Lust gets pregnant and has a baby, sin. Sin grows up to adulthood and becomes a real killer. So my very dear friends, don't get thrown off course. Every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. The gifts are rivers of light cascading down from the Father of light. There's nothing deceitful in God, nothing two-faced, nothing fickle. There's no confusion. The brought, he brought us to life using the true word, showing us off as the crown of his creatures. Wow, that was pretty amazing. So what's your thorn? What's your thorn? What is it that you get to surrender to God today, to trust him? What is your greatest weakness? 
that you get to start trusting God with. There is no shame. There's no shame in your weakness. If you stutter, was it Moses? Moses stuttered? What did God do with him? Isn't he the father of faith? Hey, my daughter showed up. What's up, Lonnie? Good to see you. I miss you too. What is it that you have? What's your weakness? Is it stuttering? Is it a disease? Like how many of you have a disease that you're hiding? You have cancer and you don't want anyone to know. You're, 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 you have relationship struggles. What is it? Make it a challenge, like challenge yourself today to take your greatest weakness, your greatest fear, the very, the very thing that is holding you back from being who you know God called you to be. Take that very thing and surrender it to him now. Heavenly Father, thank you so much uh, for the audience and everyone watching Um I love you. And it just shows you how awesome you are and how, what a fair and great God you are that our greatest weakness, the thing that we are the most insecure about, the limiting beliefs about ourselves, about maybe our limiting beliefs about you. Like all of our weaknesses get to become our greatest strength in you. And that is the miracle and the blessing of God. Our greatest traumas get to be our greatest triumphs. Our traumas get to fuel our purpose, the purpose that you designed for us. How amazing is that, God? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, I just ask that you give anyone, everyone watching right now, the courage to take their thorn. And even though you won't take it from us, you show them, you show us, you show me, you show them how to surrender it and lay it at your feet to allow you to use it in the most magnificent way that only you, Father, can do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Again, Father, I just ask that you bless everyone with supernatural wisdom visions when they sleep tonight, showing them what their next step is, the bold step of faith they get to take, maybe even now. Show them hope in the dark. Reveal your greatness to them now, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, thank you so much for watching. Um, I really, really appreciate everyone being here tonight. Um, also, so really quick, I need to change this. Wait, wrong one. <laughs> Hold on, bear with me two seconds. I have all this Spanish stuff on my channel now, and I don't know where it went. Oh, really quick, want to give a shout out to uh, Live Mana Utoya. It's our CBD company. I'm giving a shout out to my own CBD company. 
but I really love these CBD products. You can go to L-I-V-E-M-A-N-A-U-T-O-Y-A.com. We have a full wide range of CBD products. The new Delta 8 products are amazing. I'm a huge fan. Um, the, the, the vape cartridges for it, the CBD, it's, they're, it's terrific. It makes you cough, though, just to let you know. I prefer the oil. The skincare CBD is absolutely terrific. Highly recommend that. And um, also, if you want to support the Live Mono Worldwide mission, um, what we are doing, the platforms that we're building for other ministries and shows from around the world, um, allowing us to be able to provide equipment for people and just, again, to fund our mission and what we're doing to build um, the audience for all of the different ministries and shows. Like we're supporting multiple ministries right now. So any your donation, $5, $1, $10, I would be grateful uh, for your donation. You go to paypal.me, live mana worldwide. Thank you everyone for watching. Thank you for everyone being here. God bless you guys. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your encouragement. Um, either myself or a special mystery guest will be here tomorrow. Take care.